Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2022 president-elect for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president and a member of the pod squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. We also have Halida Hodges, Vice President of Finance and Operations, as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing Kevin Yates. Kevin describes himself as a learning and development detective solving an important question, was purpose fulfilled for training and learning? Kevin is also a nonprofit founder. Welcome, Kevin. Hello, and thank you so much for the invitation to to join you for this discussion today, which I believe is is very important. And yes, I am Kevin M. Yates, known <laughs> in the global training, learning, and talent development community as the LMD detective. And I like to say that my work is very much like Sherlock Holmes, right? Like he investigated um, mysteries and, and I investigate mysteries as well, but my mystery is all about measurements. So I'm searching for facts, clues, evidence, and data about the extent to which training and learning has fulfilled its purpose. So that's that's what I'm looking for. Facts, clues, evidence, and data. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. We're so happy to have you with us today. Now, before we jump into our topic of the truth about measuring impacts, no myth, no magic, can you share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so I've been in the training, learning, and talent development um, profession now for, wow, about 25 years or so. Um, And I am fortunate to have worn many hats uh, across training, learning, and talent development. And so my role started out a little over 25 years ago as a trainer and facilitator. Uh, That then led to a role in curriculum design and development. Uh, That led to a role in program management, uh, learning program management. And from there, I have served in roles for learning solutions, learning technology, learning operations, um, leadership development. Uh, and then most recently, I have been narrowly focused on impact analytics, uh, learning analytics, uh, and measurement for training, learning, and talent development. And I'm also fortunate to have worked in several industries uh, including newspaper, uh, including social media, uh, fast food, uh, banking, finance, insurance, uh, universities, academia. So I've had some really rich experience experiences and have served in some pretty awesome roles. I, I think I've I've done just about all that you can do <laughs> as I think about it in training, learning, and talent development. So uh, that's my background. That's my history. And uh, as you said, uh, most recently, uh, I have founded and, and started and, and am leading a nonprofit organization called Meals in the Meantime. Uh, and we're focused on helping people who need food through pop up food pantries. So that's just a little bit about me. Just a little bit. Sounds like you've done quite a bit, I would say. Now, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> very interesting experience. Um, for our listeners, can you explain the value of measuring impact in talent development? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that the value for measuring the influence of training and learning, and specifically, just to put it in context, when I talk about measuring the impact or what I like to say, measuring the influence of training and learning, the essence of what I am looking for is facts, clues, evidence, data, indicators that show the extent to which training and learning has fulfilled its purpose. And when I think about training and learning fulfilling its highest purpose, I think about the extent to which training solutions and learning solutions are measurably influencing human performance and ultimately business results or business outcomes. And so the value for for us measuring fulfillment of purpose, the value for us measuring impact, uh, the value of us measuring uh, the influence of training and learning is really getting evidence that shows the extent to which training and learning did what it was supposed to do, right? And if training and learning is doing what it is intended to do, therein lies the value story, right? Or the impact story. So I think it's important for us to use facts, clues, evidence, data, signals, whatever you want to call it, um, to have some some real evidence that demonstrates or illustrates how our work and how our training our learning and our talent development solutions are fulfilling their purpose. That, that's why I believe measuring the value is critically important. I also think that by doing so, we gain insight into what's working and what's not working. So the idea then is that for what is working, let's leverage that, let's learn from it and continue to do it. And when we measure the value of training and learning and we discovered that training did not do what it was intended to do or is not doing anything at all, my recommendation is to stop, <laughs> stop doing what's not working um, and use the results of measurement to determine how you can improve what's not working or enhance it. But most importantly, if it's not working, then just stop, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So lots of uh, benefits, right? And value in measuring impact, as well as we know there's a lot of challenges. So what are some of the most common challenges that L&D faces when it comes to measuring impact? Yeah, and thank you so much for asking that because it, it prompts me to want to share what I'm doing a lot more of um, as it relates to measuring the impact of training and learning. And that is I'm doing more truth telling, right? Or I'm being mm. more transparent about the reality that measuring the influence of training and learning is not always easy, but it is possible. Right. Because you, you prompted the question, what makes it challenging? Yeah. And, and I'm glad that we can just call that out and tell the truth about it. Because, again, the reality is, is that there are days where I scratch my head, where <laughs> I don't know what the answer is, where it just feels ambiguous and uncertain and maybe even a little gratuitous as you go through the effort to try to measure the impact of training and learning. Um, so I think it's important to call that out, you know, again, tell the truth about it. And again, I want to reinforce the idea, though, that while measuring the impact of training and learning has challenges and can be difficult, it is always possible. It is always possible. And, and, and I believe that difficult does, does not mean not possible. So I wanted to preface the answer to that question, you know, what makes it challenging? I think that the biggest challenge for measuring the impact of training and learning is that at the front end, we've not done the work to be clear about the expectation for what training will do. Mm. We're not clear about the evidence that we will use to determine the extent to which training did what it was supposed to do. 
I think that the other challenge is that we are often called upon as training, learning, and talent development professionals to to be very quick to create our training and learning solutions, almost turning on a dime to do it. And with the need for speed, we don't always have the opportunity to have the discovery-based discussions that help us gain insight into, you know, at a deeper level, exactly what is it that we should expect to see as a result of training and learning in terms of behavior or habits or performance or business results or business outcomes. So I, I think that the biggest challenge is not always either doing it or having the time to do it. Um, and that is just being very clear about the expectation for outcomes as a result of training and learning. Because when you're clear about the outcome, if you can articulate an outcome, um, and if you know what behavior and performance looks like, you know, how do habits uh, manifest themselves. So if you're looking for a result or an outcome, what does it look like when it shows up? Right. Mm -hmm. And when we know what it looks like when it shows up, we can use that as an indicator to guide our decisions about how to measure the extent to which training and learning fulfilled its purpose. So I would just summarize here and, and say that I believe the biggest challenge that we face as a profession is not doing our due diligence up front to dive deeper, to really, really know exactly what it is that we are intending to do with our training and learning profession. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, solutions. Yeah. Well, definitely a lack of clarity. And the area that I play in, for lack of a better term, because it does feel like playing sometimes, is soft <laughs> skills development. And I know it's, it particularly can be ambiguous in that area, measuring impact. Any suggestions for that? That's a great question. And, and I would say that you're absolutely right in that when we talk about you know, what we call soft skills. I'm using air quote here, soft skills. Yeah, they're we're not talking soft. About, no, they're, they're not soft at all, are they? Nope. <laughs> so I think that one of the ways in which we can do a better job at measuring the results of training and learning that are geared toward behaviors, right? So let, let's call it behaviors instead of soft skills. So Perfect. if we're thinking about behaviors and habits um, and actions and, and most important performance, it's just, it's not always easy. But mm -hmm. again, I'll go back to the idea that it's possible. So here's what, I, here's what I believe and here's what I found to be successful. If you can clearly articulate what a behavior looks like when it shows up, and I said that a little earlier, right? If you can clearly describe what does performance look like based on the intention and purpose for the training and learning solution, what does a habit look like? So when all of that shows up day to day, real time, when people are acting, behaving, uh, performing, and, and have habits, you know, again, and behaviors that are expected outcomes of training and learning, what does that literally look like when it shows up? Now, answering that question is not always easy, but it requires a little bit of elbow grease, right? Mm -hmm. It also may require having some conversations with the target audience themselves to say, hey, if we are expecting to see this or that in terms of a behavioral outcome for training and learning, what does that look like to you, right? Yeah. Um, maybe even partnering with our HR team to say, hey, we need some help here. We want to think about this from a, a performance outcome perspective. What do these behaviors and what does performance look like when it shows up? Because then you can link that back to the training and learning solution and determine the extent to which as a learning outcome or a performance outcome, what does that look like when it comes to training and learning? So I think that one of the ways that we can address that challenge of 
you know, feeling as though soft skills are ambiguous is to just literally articulate, um, write it down, describe it. What does that behavior or that performance look like day to day, real time on the job when it shows up? What are people doing? How are they acting? How are they behaving? How are they performing? I think that that's that's how we do it. I kind of want to lean in a little bit more into these soft skills. I call them essential skills because I just yeah. don't see work getting done without them. <laughs> but oh, I, I like that. that. I love me too. I, and I, I but I, I love what you're saying about you know there's a big role for communication within a lot of this and. One of the challenges I've experienced both in traditional workplaces and even while consulting is that a lot of people are really interested in the idea of measuring impact, but they're not sure how to get that process started. And I'm wondering if you're thinking about, you know, a, a lot of our listeners, whether they're in leadership positions or not, they may be really excited about how they might start looking more at how they're measuring impact in the workplace. How do you start to socialize this with managers, with leadership, with executives? How do you start these conversations to kind of prepare your organization for this work or maybe even get buy-in for why you should start looking at impact as opposed to just training day in, day out? You know, if it's not working, keep going. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that in having conversations with business partners and stakeholders and senior leaders and executives and, and even the people that we serve and support in, in the businesses where we work and, and where we're doing, um, you know, the, the work of training, learning and talent development. I think that the conversation starts with clearly being connected to performance requirements to achieve business goals, right? Mm. So the conversation doesn't start with, hey, what kind of training do you need? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, hey, do you want some training? Or, yeah, we can we can get you some training. What kind of training do you need, right? So that's not how you lead the conversation, particularly if we're thinking about how do we get buy-in and how do we get uh, connected with with people, right? The people that we serve. How do we go deeper so that we have purpose with the work that we do, the important work that we do as training, learning, and talent development professionals? So I'm going to give you a little shameless plug here because I think that what will help is shifting the conversation. And I have created a tool, a free tool, a free resource for the training, learning, and, and global talent development community. It's called the LMD Detective Kit for Solving Impact Mysteries. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but it's on my website um, and it's absolutely free, absolutely free. And my website is kevinmyates.com. So if you go there, you'll find a copy of the LMD Detective Kit and LMD Detective Kit Impact Templates, right? So let's go back to your question, right? How do we engage differently? with senior leaders and, and, and business partners and stakeholders. We engage differently by having a very different conversation that leads with what are your business goals? What are the performance requirements to achieve those goals? When people are behaving and performing in a way that helps the business be successful, what does that look like? What are some of the risks that are, um, that are there potentially that might prevent people from behaving and performing in a way that helps them achieve business goals? What are some of the business metrics or measures that we can use as signals or indicators to show the extent to which people are behaving or performing in a way that helps the business win and succeed? And when we have that information, 
we can circle that back to the decisions that we need to make as instructional designers and facilitators so that we are aligning and connecting and syncing our training and learning solutions in a way that addresses the answers to those questions, right? And those questions that I just mentioned are part of the L&D detective kit. So that's why I was circling back to that. There are actually nine questions that I've identified in the L&D detective kit that I believe will help bring along the organization in the measurement journey, but that also demonstrates um, why we do what we do um, and how what we do has potential to be one of many levers that helps drive uh, business success and employee performance. And I was deliberate there in saying one of the levers because I think that there is a perception out there that as training, learning, and talent development professionals, we have magic wands mm-hmm. <laughs> or that yeah. we have pixie dust or, you know, that we can fix anything. Um, but more often than not, training and learning is part of um, one of many levers or solutions that's going to move the needle or sustain the needle, again, for employee performance uh, and for business outcomes. So long answer to your question. I hope I answered your question. Oh, it's a great answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would summarize that by saying one of the ways in which we bring the organization along is to just have very different kinds of conversations other than that which we are used to having the traditional conversation, I think that we have to dig a little deeper and we have to gain insight into business goals, what's important to the business, what matters to the business. And then we really got to do a great job of being clear about performance expectations and performance outcomes for for the people we serve. Now, you know, the other thing I'll share with you, and I, I hear you trying to chime in. And I, I'm oh, just no, no. going. I'm just. No, this is, this <laughs> is great stuff. Please. I mean, talk forever. This is fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, what I was going to say is it's interesting to me as a 25 plus year professional in the industry. Um, this, the conversation that we're having today, we, we've been having for quite some time, right? Yeah, and, we and have. So, yeah. And, and I just want to <laughs> challenge, right? Our, our L&D brothers and sisters, as I like to call them, all over the world to just let's, let's let our actions catch up with our mindset, right? Because we know that measuring impact is the right thing to do. We know that we got to have some different conversations, right? We know that we we have to stop leading with what kind of training do you need? And we need to start leading with, well, what are your business goals? What are the performance requirements to achieve those goals? What measures can we use to determine the extent to which people are behaving and performing in a way that are going to help them achieve those goals? And if you notice, those three questions alone had nothing to do with training, but the answers inform decisions for the training and learning solutions that we provide. So that's my perspective. (laughs) Nice. Kevin, for our listeners who may find data intimidating, what can you share with them? Yeah, again, full transparency, you know, my background is not data. (laughs) And my background is not analytics. You know, my background is really training, learning, and talent development, right? I mean, that's that's what I prepared for academically. Um, and, and that's where I, you know, started my focus. So I just, I want to encourage our community, the L&D community, and, and know that you don't always necessarily have to have a background in data and analytics to begin the measurement journey. I think that what you need, I think that what's essential is curiosity, right? And I think that what you need is commitment to finding an answer um, and going where the evidence 
and the indicators lead, right? So if if data is intimidating, that's okay. It, it was intimidating to me as well. I think that one of the ways in which you can grow stronger um, and address some of that intimidation is to partner with the experts in the organization who are, you know, data experts, because that's what I did, right? I learned from them. And, and so I combine my curiosity, uh, my partnering with data experts, and just my curiosity about having evidence versus a gut feeling or reaction about, um, you know, the extent to which training and learning did what it was supposed to do. So I would just say, don't let data intimidate you. Um, just be curious um, and, and learn from data experts. I hope that helps. And so building off of that, I'm curious, thinking about the people who are, are you know, looking to, to get more involved as far as measuring impact, do you have any tips or thoughts on strategies that might be most appropriate or how to pick some strategies that might work especially well within someone's organization? Yeah, so for, for someone who, who is even listening now, um, who wants to explore data and, and how it relates to training, learning, and talent development, or who might even want to get into analytics. Uh, one of the, well, there are actually a couple of things that I would recommend is a couple of books, right? I think that um, the book Learning Analytics, um, the second edition, um, is a great way to create a foundation for data measurement and analytics. So once again, the book title is Learning Analytics, and you want to take a look at the second edition. Um, there's another book, uh, Measurement Demystified, um, and that comes from uh, David Vance, who's head of the uh, Center for Talent Reporting, who is a world-renowned expert on data and measurement and analytics for training, learning, and talent development. So I highly recommend those two books as part of your strategy to gain knowledge um, and, and information about data for training, learning, and talent development. So again, that's Learning Analytics Second Edition um, and Measurement Demystified. Uh, there are also some really good courses on LinkedIn, LinkedIn Learning. Um, there is a course, and the name of the course escapes me. Of course, it escapes me now. <laughs> but but there are a good, I think it's two, there's a good two or three courses on LinkedIn Learning um, that also help build a foundation for learning measurement and learning analytics. So I think that, you know, if you go on LinkedIn and just do a search for learning measurement or learning analytics, those courses will, will rise to the top. I also think that if you're interested in measurement data and analytics, find a project, and I'll use the word a small project. You know, I know that that's relative, right? You know, small, medium, large project. What is that, Kevin? So, <laughs> so find, find a, a small project where you can have like a trial run, right? Where you can kind of use that project as your laboratory to kind of get your hands dirty, so to speak, um, in using measurement data and analytics to show the extent to which that training or learning solution fulfilled its purpose. So, you know, again, my recommendation is a couple of books. Uh, some LinkedIn learning courses, and then find opportunities to, uh, you know, to, to do some work yourself with, with, uh, with a project that may be a learning project that, that you might be working on. I love that it. Oh, yeah. Lots of resources there. Uh, and we still are going to get some more out of you here. Um, Please do. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm here. <laughs> you didn't invite me here for coffee. Oh, I know, huh? <laughs> Oh, at the end of every episode, we like to ask rapid fire style questions. Now, oh, each question boy. requires less than 60 seconds to respond, but we're going to still get some more of these resources out of you, I'm sure. 
All right. So you ready? I, I think so. I'm holding on to the table. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So give us one book that everyone must read and why. Wow. I, so I guess I gave you a little precursor to that, but I, I guess it's it's worth repeating. I highly recommend Learning Analytics Second Edition. Mm. And I recommend that because it builds the foundation for the mindset and the methodology around using facts and numbers and data and evidence to answer the question, what is the impact? Or as I like to say, what is the influence of training and learning? So I recommend Learning Analytics Second Edition because I think it's a great way to build a foundation. Love it. Okay, next, what's a tool you can't live without? It doesn't have to be a tech tool. Wow, a tool that I can't live without. Um, Well, spreadsheets. (laughs) 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 And and here's the thing, though. Um, I like to say that I'm spreadsheet agnostic, which Mm -hmm. means I like using Microsoft Excel. um, And I also have started to like Google Sheets, Mm -hmm. right? I know that, you know, they're similar but different. And so from a data perspective and, you know, having something that you can use to aggregate data, uh, calculate numbers uh, and visualize data, um, that's a tool that is just really essential to me. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And I love the color shading and the graphs and the charts. And (laughs) Yeah, you want to make them pretty. (laughs) Makes it pretty. (laughs) Okay, final rapid fire. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Hmm. The best piece of advice. Well, you know, interestingly enough, it, it doesn't have a lot to do with training, learning, and talent development, but it has a lot to do with who I am as a person. Um, and the advice that I was given that I've shared because it was passed along to me is live in authenticity because living in duality is way too much work. Um, and that has been huge for me. I continue to listen to that. I, I, I continue to remember that. Uh, because living in duality is too much work. And I think that it's okay to be who you are um, at work, um, at home, uh, in social settings. And so I'm working all the time to just consistently be me um, and not have to adapt who I am, um, but just bring me to wherever I am. And And a lot of times we don't have the confidence or the comfort to do that. Um, and full transparency, I haven't always had the confidence or comfort to do that either. Yeah. But I am slowly but surely growing into my authentic self. And, and so that includes me being the L&D detective. That includes me being founder of a nonprofit. But then it also just includes me being Kevin M. Yates. And, and so I want to just be consistently who I am, uh, no matter where I go and, and no matter who I'm with. So so that's that's the most important advice I, I've received. <laughs> I love it. And that's, I think, advice that people have been taking to heart over the last couple of years, you know, being oh more authentic. Goodness, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Kevin, we're so happy you joined us today to share your insights with our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an amazing discussion. Thank you so much for inviting me to have this talk today. Yes. And a thank you to my co-host as well. Oh, yes. This has been insightful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I agree. I think this has been equal parts fun and inspiring. Many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Are you a member of the Metro DC chapter of ATD? We have resources just for you. Go to dcatd.org 
and select the Members Only section of Resources to access our digital library, member directory, and chapter documents. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on Volunteer to get started.